Welcome in once again, Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. We appreciate you being here. Our guest is Alexis Zavalinsky. She has a short but impressive career and is now pursuing an MBA. But her message is to not doubt yourself, especially if you think you are too young to succeed. You are more capable than you realize. If you want some extras from Alexis, and it would help us out if you would do this, Become a patron of ours. Go to the top of womenreallymeanbusiness.com, check out the patronage section, and you will get extras from Alexis and other guests as well. All right, let's start episode number 60 right now. Welcome to Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International, the podcast that tells you the story of how women are impacting business one guest at a time. Now here's your host, Jeff Bolitnikoff, with another successful woman and her unique business journey. Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International. I am Jeff Blitnikoff, and I'm going to try to get this name right. I think I can because she was kind enough to give me a pronunciation guide. Alexis Zavalinsky. Do I have that right, Alexis? That's correct, Jeff. All right. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for your time this week. Thanks for having me, Jeff. I'm really excited to be here. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. And give you a little bit of your bio here before I turn the floor over to you. You are a 2016 graduate of St. Vincent College in Latrobe, PA. Or, Alexis, you know, and I'm not a native Pittsburgher. Is it Latrobe or Latrobe? Because I've heard it two different oh. ways. <laughs> Jeff, the debate rages on. Um, it depends on if you live there or not. I say Latrobe, but uh, the natives do say Latrobe. So, um Unfortunately, I can't uh, resolve that today. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? We will we'll leave that open for debate, and I will. And it's just me being nebby, by the way. That's another Pittsburgh term, <laughs> and that's me me being nosy. But anyway, so you received dual degrees in marketing and English literature, and you also completed the school's SAP business program. You're currently at Penn State studying for your MBA, but in between that time, you served as the marketing director at the Pittsburgh-based law firm Katrini Rafferty, and. And you were in business development for the firm's four locations. And I'll tell you what, Alexis, in your very short but soon-to-be long career, because I know you're going to be in business for a long time, you've certainly done a lot of things. And I know that you're very dynamic in your approach to business. And we'd just really love to turn the mic over to you right now and have you detail your journey so far and let uh, the listeners hear from you as to what your bio is all about. So again, welcome to the podcast, Alexis. Thank you, Jeff. As Jeff mentioned, I'm a 2016 grad, so pretty young, but I've been fortunate to have um, some great opportunities presented to me, the most most of which being my tenure at Quatrini Rafferty. Taking on the marketing director role was interesting because no one uh, prior to my arrival at the firm had served in that capacity. So I walked into the position without essentially a handbook, without a predecessor to learn from, without any sort of instruction, and just was told, you know, give it a go. You're going to fail many times before you succeed, and that's okay. We're here for you, and we want to see what you can do. And um, with that creative direction, we really were able to skyrocket the firm. Um, It was really a great learning experience for me, personally and professionally. Um, And unfortunately, we did have quite a bit of success with the firm. We opened a a fourth office location 
throughout my three years at the firm, added uh, many attorneys to the practice, and also really expanded our presence as a legal educator and legal leader, so to speak, within the Pittsburgh and really essentially Western and Central portion of the state. So I really enjoyed my time there, was very sad to leave. Truly, my work family became a true family. And so with such a great professional experience in workplace, it was hard to leave. But I'm excited now to turn my focus back to academia and really try to learn and grow through the MBA. I found that in my tenure at QR, there were questions that I had that I really wasn't able to answer confidently, especially in the leadership forefront, potential dynamics internally that I wasn't really confident on how to resolve, different metrics that I wasn't able to fully process confidently. And so now, switching back to the MBA, I'm hoping to be able to alleviate a lot of the stress in making those decisions and um, feel more confident in my decision making moving forward. Well, let's talk about you creating something brand new because you come out of college, you get a job, but surprise, there's nobody that's really ever held that job before and you have to create something from scratch. And really, you're just fresh out of school at that point. So talk to me about what you had to bring to the table to make that all happen and detail, of course, both your struggles and your triumphs in making that all happen. You know, Jeff, um, it's interesting, but it's something that I'm used to at this point. Throughout my life, I feel like I've been someone that's not afraid to take initiative. And if I have an idea to roll with it and see what comes of it. And um, I remember my first day very vividly because I showed up and was put at a computer and it was okay, give it a go. And (laughs) I really had no direction. And I asked a lot of questions. I think my first goal in starting at QR was to really figure out the dynamics of the organization, as anyone would. But I wanted to get an in-depth picture of what the client was going through, walking through an intake process, trying to put myself in the position of someone that's life had been turned upside down by a medical condition, by a divorce, by in a myriad of very unfortunate circumstances, thus bringing them to the law firm. And so I tried to put myself in every aspect of their lives in order to get a picture of what they needed and what we were providing at present and what we could be doing better um, in the future. You know, failed quite a bit. And I say that and it's challenging to pinpoint exactly which failures I've learned the most from because there have been so many. And I think embracing that reality um, is great because you're not afraid of failure. Um, You know, it's going to happen. It's inevitable in any position that you face, uh, be it, you know, one that you've started yourself or one that you've come into and, you know, a company has been there for 100 plus years and you've got a myriad of people to learn from, you're still going to fail. And you have to embrace that. You have to learn from your mistakes and extract any positive you can from it. Pick yourself up and uh, keep pressing on. Let's talk about putting yourself in the client's shoes, because that's really interesting that that was the first approach you took to being a marketing director. Because a lot of times people, when they're marketing directors, will want to know the technical aspects of it, especially when you're new. You might want to know, like, what you're buying and what you're paying for all that. But you actually went on the journey with your customers. And tell me about what you learned from all of that. And also tell me how it kind of formed how you did your marketing from there on out. Truly, in my, you know, fairly limited experience, I've learned so quickly that you can't 
sell or market a product if you don't know the ins and outs of it entirely. Um, not only do you have to know the organization, what it stands for, what it promotes, and how it operates, but you also need to know your end consumer, what they like, what they dislike, what they need and expect from a service, and if you're able to meet that throughout the duration of the selling process. And so for me, um, I had never needed an attorney prior to stepping into this position, but I knew that no one really would probably want to have an attorney. So I really wanted to get a feel for what our clients were going through in order to best serve them. And in fact, um, throughout the duration of my time at QR, several of my family members went through needing an attorney. And so I got to see firsthand that, you know, what I was projecting onto my clients when I initially started was what people were actually going through. Clients of a law firm are going through some of the worst times in their lives, right? Their lives are turned upside down. And so I needed to see the decision-making process that they were coming to and finding QR and what they expected from the process. The legal clock is a little bit slow ticking and that's, you know, can be very deterred to a client that is reliant upon an income and no longer is able to work. And if they're waiting 24 months for a social security hearing to take place, that's a long time for them to not be able to work, to be worrying, to be frustrated about the process. And so I wanted to see what they were going through and how we could best serve them internally to make, like, make sure they knew that their attorneys were there for them that um, every step of the way and that we were going to get through this together. Attorneys often serve and wear many hats for a client, being a therapist, an attorney, a counselor, and a friend to our clients. And so uh, we really wanted to make sure that our clients felt that they were being heard from and that that friendship was there every step of the way. Let's dive into failure because in almost all of your answers so far, you have mentioned failure and not as a fear of failure, in fact, it's almost like you're embracing failure. You really look at failure as an inevitability and something that you need to forge a successful path in whatever career that you choose. So I'd love your perspective on that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, failure to me is, is something that's just going to happen. I mean, if we look back at any of our lives, I'm sure we can recount many times where we've fallen flat on our faces. And, um, you know, sometimes that can be very devastating. Other times it's, it's funny and you learn, you pick yourself up and you keep moving forward. But in every instance, I mean, you can't always be the best at everything, especially as a business. We try and seek to do that. We try to meet the demands of our clients efficiently and effectively and profitably, um, hopefully. But, you know, there are so many competitors out there. There we're working with in a global economy that you can't always be the best to everyone. And I think realizing that, um, particularly at a young age, is going to help me in my career because I'm able to really look at every perspective and say, okay, you know, we did this and, and it was successful for some, but not for all. And how can we best mold for the future to try to reach to that point of perfection? Um, and again, when we do fall, uh, pick yourself up, you know, dwelling on it and relishing in the negativity of that failure doesn't help me grow personally or professionally. If I can take some positive and extract it from that situation, learn and grow from it, I need to keep moving forward. And I think that being able to turn that negative into a positive is one of the best things I can do as a business leader and as a person in order to keep moving forward. And at the end of the day, that's really our goal personally and professionally is to just keep moving forward and keep bettering ourselves and our organizations. And that's how I seek to do it. You're a very ambitious person. 
and you are somebody that seems to me that you just you love to learn and you're always somebody that's trying to get to that next level. So let's talk about as you plan out your career over the next 10 to 15 years, uh, where you'd like to be. Like if, and again, hey, there's always changes and there's always twists and turns along the way. But a decade from now, where do you think you'd like to be? Where, where do you think this is all going to take you? For me, Jeff, I'm looking to use the MBA as a pivot point into more of a marketing research and data analytics type role. They always say that the MBA is a very transformatory period, right? It's a great opportunity for students to switch into a different career path. If they were in marketing, they could go to supply chain or finance, or it's an opportunity for them to grow upwards um, in a career ladder, so to take on that upper management position. But for me, I'm really looking to stay in the marketing sector and refine my focus to using data and to exploiting it to the best of my abilities. Data is everywhere. It's collecting all the time um, on any of us. And so to ignore it would be to the fault of a company. And so I'm looking to really um, be able to work with big data systems to refine the consumer um, purchasing process, to be able to anticipate consumer needs prior to purchase or the search process, and to really just be able to make to use data to make a company as um, efficient and effective as possible. So when you're talking about using data, and I know, and then this may be an unfair question at this point because you're just getting into all this, but from your perspective, how important is data going to be? Or should I say, what is the future of data as you're seeing it now? It's exponentially important for an organization. Just in day-to-day transactions, if you're a coffee shop and you're selling coffee to um, a myriad of consumers every day, you need to have counts on how many consumers are coming in, um, when they're coming in, what they're purchasing, how long they're spending in the area. And with the reliance of technology that we have today, this data is easy to capture um, if you're willing to pay attention to it, right? I mean, you have sales transactions that can pinpoint exactly um, what customers are buying when they're coming in. And so you can have someone sit down and analyze that data to say, hey, I think it would be wise to bring in another barista from 6 to 8 a.m. because consumers are spending a longer amount of time in line and potentially some are becoming disgruntled and leaving and going to a competitor coffee shop and we're really missing out on an opportunity to more efficiently serve our clientele to then increase our profits and bottom line. And so the data is there in every organization. I truly believe that. It's just a matter of is someone internally looking at that data and being able to analyze it effectively to make profitable business decisions. All right, let's head into our Athena-based questions here. And there are eight Athena leadership principles from the book, Becoming Athena. Eight principles to enlighten leadership by Athena International founder, Martha Mertz. And I think this is a good one for you. Your principle to comment on is give back. And so Alexis, what does give back mean to you? To me, giving back is to return the favor to those that have giving you so much throughout your career. And it applies personally and professionally. I think um, from a professional standpoint, though, mentorship is a fantastic way for someone to give back. Um, If you look back on your career, I'm sure that you can name a few individuals, be they male or female, that have helped to encourage you along your way. 
um, those that have inspired a passion in you to pursue finance in your career, those that have built you up and given you confidence to pursue something that you didn't think you could. That mentorship really shapes a person. And it could be small, it can be large, it can be formal, and you saying, this person, can you, will you be my mentor, essentially? Or it can be very informal and um, just, you know, an influence in passing. And so I think that as women and as leaders, we are responsible for helping to shape the next generation of female leaders. And I think a great way to do that is through mentorship, to encourage those below to follow in your footsteps, to be able to reach out and say, hey, I'm here to help you. Do you have a question? And to really support them as they take on the next steps of their work, employment, and uh, career journey. Let's get into some resources that you would recommend. What are some things you think would be important for our audience to plug into? So for particularly for our female listeners, um, I want to encourage you to read Lean In. Um, and if you're young, there's a version that I think would be especially beneficial for you, uh, Lean In for Graduates, both of which are by Cheryl Sandberg, a fantastic female role model. But one piece of advice I'd like to extract from that that has really stuck with me throughout this journey, and I hope will continue to do so, is the idea that you need to treat your career ladder like a jungle gym. Cheryl mentions that, you know, you picture a childhood jungle gym and there are so many ways that kids decide to climb it right you know it's very oddly shaped and they can scale the ladder they can scale the rock wall i mean you know whatever your jungle gym looks like i'm sure that you can picture that there are a myriad of ways to get up it but your career is also like that um if your end goal is to become um, a ceo there's not one particular career path that you have to follow to get there you need to make it your own and enjoy the journey along the way. If you're learning and growing every day and you're able to apply what you're learning to what you think your next position should be, you're on the right track. Um, So keep it up, keep moving forward and remember that there is not one particular path that can get you where you wanna go. It's you that gets you where you wanna go. All right, let's get to the final question. As listeners know, I give the mic to my guests at the beginning and then give my Guess the mic at the end as well. So that's what I'm going to do with you now, Alexis. I'm going to give you the floor. What would you like to say to the audience as we close out the interview? Jeff, I think I'd like to speak about uh, my recent transition to an MBA and the application process that I face. So for those of you that aren't familiar, applying to an MBA program is essentially like a part-time job. Um, You have to get all of your transcripts, obviously, write essays, um, interview. But um, the two biggest feats of that for me were the GMAT, Uh, which is a standardized test. It is my worst enemy, essentially. (laughs) I did not enjoy taking it at all. I took it many times and still could never reach the peak that I thought that I needed to reach in order to get into these programs. And the second um, that I faced was age. I thought that I was too young to be applying at the age I did, but I still wanted to give it a go anyway because I didn't want to wait to take this next step in my career. I wanted to do it as soon as possible because I was so eager to get started. And um, I remember going into these interviews and first of all, being shocked that I was invited to begin with because I knew I was young and I knew that my scores weren't where I wanted them to be. And in certain situations, you know, I was told in the interview, hey, you know, you're too young for this, right? And um, when I was faced with that, I thought that age was going to be such a deterrent for me to take on this step. You know, I knew it going in. I knew that I was, you know, coming in on the weaker side. But now as an accepted and, you know, pursuing candidate at SMEAL, I've realized that the only person holding you back is you. And that age was not a deterrent for me. In fact, it showed my perseverance and that this is what I want. I'm going to go after it. I'm going to go after it with all I've got. 
and that I am qualified. And so to readers listening in today, I just want you to know that, you know, the things that you think are holding you back are exactly that. They're things that you're projecting on yourself. And that if you want something with every fiber of your being, you need to go after it and you need to get it. You're more qualified than you think you are. You're smarter than you think you are. And you're braver than you think you are. If you want something, please make it your mission to go after it. And if you face failure, like time and time again, you will. If you want it, keep saying yes to every time that you're told no. And um, go after it until you got it. You know, it, it's, worth the, it's worth the ride. And I think that you'll really uh, find a lot of positivity once you reach that final goal and are able to fully pursue your dream. Well, Alexis Zevolinsky, very interesting interview. A lot of great stuff in here and really appreciate your time. I know that your time is valuable right now because of everything you have going on. And for you to spend the time with us this week is really appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. On the next episode of Women Really Mean Business, presented by Athena International, Carla Wadega is an executive coach and senior management consultant with Pradco. And after all of her interactions with clients, she believes the key to your career is having confidence. And unfortunately, this is a struggle for some folks. Here's a little bit from Carla. I think what a lot of women don't understand, at least at first, is that confidence can be built. You don't have to be born with it. It comes through practice and action. And I had taken some calculated risks in my past. I, I mean, they were risks nonetheless, but I thought things through and thought this, this could work out. I'm going to go for it. And I'd done that enough times to see that it could work out. And that is the kind of behavior that builds confidence. And that's harder to do as we get older, but not impossible. It can be done and you can start small. We would love your help to grow. Rate and review us on the podcasting service you use to listen. It is so valuable and important. Thanks in advance. And we hope you're back for the next episode of Women Really Mean Business presented by Athena International.